What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited you joined me today because today, today, we're going to help you with some very important stuff. Today on the show, we have Tony Castillo. He is an elite nutrition expert specializing in sports nutrition and aiding athletes, business leaders, and anyone seeking to boost performance through nutrition. Tony's background in dietetics led him to work with Major League Baseball teams such as Toronto Blue Jays and the University of Florida. Tony is on a mission to teach others about the significance of healthy lifestyle notifications modifications that can optimize performance in every area of life. Now for us, that means business. That means we need to figure this stuff out so that we can keep doing it, keep making impact on the world. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Tony, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Excited to have you here. Michael, I'm so, uh, just the intro and everything, just I feel even more excited because I've been listening to a couple podcasts beforehand, but feeling, I, I got a little goosebumps on my arms, which I have not gotten before on a podcast. And I, I'm loving it, man. Like I, I'm, I'm excited. We were more excited before the call, honestly. Awesome. I'm excited yeah. to have you here. We're going to start off. We're going to get to your backstory in just a second. I want to ask you so far from what you know, what does choreography in business mean to you? I mean, when it comes to choreography, to me, it's like a set of dance moves, movements, steps, things that need to happen. And obviously in business, you got to take steps, but you got to fail. And I think that's one thing we were talking about right before the show. When you combine both, you got to do a little improv and see what happens. Sometimes when you, you can practice so much, but when you take action, that's when you learn the most because failure is going to happen regardless of what. So doing that choreography is planning all the steps. But what happens when someone throws that banana like in Mario Kart and you slip? I love that. Uh, can you pick yourself back up and keep going or do you fall and fail? So I'm, I always he love hearing stories. And that's what I think about business choreography when I hear about it. I think of literally someone out there dancing, doing their best for their business, and then something comes and tries to throw them off track, and they're able to get back on. I love that. I love that. Well, we want to hear about the choreography that's led you to this point. You've been doing a lot of cool things. You're doing a lot of things to impact the world. And I would love to hear how you got to this point where you're doing what you're doing. And uh, give us the deets. What's the, what's the background behind all this? Michael, I wish it was as good of a story as Star Wars because I love all your Star Wars stuff and we spoke about it beforehand. So my, my story in itself, which so many people can relate to. So my dad was a small business owner. Um, my mother, she worked a full-time job. I had a sister with Down syndrome and my parents got divorced when I was about eight to 10 years old. And what happened was that I took a, lo a lot of the quote unquote manly duties around the house. So helping clean up, I would help with my sister because she had Down syndrome. And my mom's job was actually helping children with, with mental challenges and disabilities. So it, she was not only doing it at work, but also at home. And it was tough for us. And the one way I coped with it was with food. 
My mother was also on a lot of different diets. She's probably, she's still the person that doesn't allow bread in the house, but yet I eat bread every day. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there in a moment. So I learned how to, quote unquote, fuel myself through my mother. It was a very improper way of doing it. Uh, I, I was up to about 250 pounds at 13 years old. I went to go see a urologist because I had man boobs and people made fun of me. I was the fat kid. And I was not happy with the way I looked. And again, I was still using food as that coping mechanism. So I went to go see this urologist with my mom. The urologist was a female. And the most embarrassing point in my life was having my, the urologist pull my pants down and be like, in front of my mom, two women at 13 years old. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But what happened was they looked and they said, Tony, everything's normal. You just have gynecomastia, which is just man boobs. And I was like, all right, well, what can I do to fix this? And they gave me two options, Michael. It was either testosterone replacement therapy or plastic surgery. And I was like, how could this be the only options? And to this day, that is still so many options that were given in the medical field. These quick fixes, but not actually fixing the root cause. What is actually causing this? And luckily at that age, I said, I don't want to do either of those two. My mother didn't support either of those two either. So I kept being overweight. I was an offensive lineman in football throughout high school. But at the end of high school, a friend of mine gave me a bodybuilding meal plan and a bodybuilding weight uh, loss plan. And I did it, Michael. It went great. Lost the weight, felt great, felt confident. I love looking at myself in the mirror. But then eventually I went to college and I got my degree in biology and chemistry. But college came and beer, pizza and tacos were way better. The former fat kid became the fat kid again. <laughs> he oh came gosh. back to stick his head in. And I tried every diet that was popular at the time. So it was a lot of the Atkins and South Beach diet. I tried a lot of supplements I was hearing in the gym. I tried fat burners that do absolutely nothing. Uh, they burn as many calories that is, is in a Hershey's Kiss as a little fun fact. If they do, most of them burn zero calories. So they are completely useless, any fat burner supplement. Then my girlfriend, who's now my wife, was taking a ballerina skinny tea. And it said weight loss for women. I was taking it behind her back because I was trying to figure out why does this only work for women? I had a big disordered eating. I didn't know what was going on. It wasn't until eventually I started to count everything I ate. I even counted every step I would take that I lost weight, but then I lost a lot of things. I lost my friends. I lost memories because I was just so self-isolating myself into what I thought was to be the way a guy should look versus being around other people and being in a community. Heck, I was in a fraternity in college and I would shy away from from being part of it. Like, why was I even part of it if I wasn't doing what I wanted to do? So eventually uh, I was eating so little and working out twice a day that I broke my foot dancing, Michael, um, on a Halloween night. I was having a little too much fun, a little too much choreography wow. took me the wrong way. <laughs> and the next day I woke up and the first thought that came to my head was, how am I going to work out? And I knew that at that moment, something had to change. It wasn't that I had a good path. It was, I had a disordered path. And I had to change something around it. So I decided I took a year off school. I got my bachelor's in biology and chemistry, as mentioned earlier. Uh, I was a pre-med track. I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how. I went to an open house with my wife, and there was a degree in nutrition. Michael, I didn't know you could get a degree in nutrition. I thought I could just work at a gym and bam, here you go. You got <laughs> nutrition background, all you need to know. And right. I heard of all these supplements that they talk about. As I hear personal trainers talking about. And now that I know the science behind it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't really work. You're just wasting people's money. But again, we can get there in a moment. So I went on and I worked in a hospital for a little bit during my internship as a dietitian. And I went into a, a patient's room and he had a tube coming out of his chest because he just had open heart surgery. He was an overweight, older gentleman. 
And I come in, I'm like, sir, I'm here to talk about a heart healthy diet. And he said to me, are you the food guy? And I was like, well, I guess you could call me that. And he said, do you think you could get me fried chicken and mac and cheese? I'm like, sir, you just had open heart surgery. Don't you want something? He's like, well, that's why I have a new heart. And if you can't get me effing mac and cheese and effing uh, fried chicken, you can get the F out of my room. So I literally walked out of the room and I wrote patient not compliant. He obviously wasn't open to hearing anything that I was going to write him on. And I knew in that moment, Michael, that working in a hospital wasn't the setting I wanted to be in. Right. So then I saw, I was like, where do I want to be at? So I saw athletes, right? They eat these foods that we're told to stay away from. So for example, we see them promoting dairy. We see them promoting carbs. How are they eating these foods that we as a society and media tells us to stay away from? But these people are performing at the highest levels of peak performance. How are they eating those foods? But yet we're told not to, to be the way that they are. So I went to go work at the University of Florida and I saw that most of them had a great relationship with food. Of course, there was some disordered eating, some fear of carbohydrates that we all have. I was worried that I'd find the magical supplement and I didn't. There was no magical steroids. It was literally fueling for performance. And it helps change my mind, Chef, seeing an elite swimmer eat frozen yogurt every night because he couldn't keep weight on. I had never seen anything like that in my life. I thought it was all tall tales and, and things that you just hear about. It wasn't until I got to apply everything I learned in my master's degree with these athletes that I knew, okay, I want to work with highly driven people. And then I went to go work on with the Toronto Blue Jays Major League Baseball team. And I saw these people that wanted to be Hall of Famers. They want to leave legacies in their sports. They knew they wanted to be elite and they wanted to use food as that fuel to get them there. But baseball is a very long sport. It's 162 games. So there's going to be nights they want the effing mac and cheese and the effing fried chicken. But there's also nights that they knew when to perform better. And that led me to work in private practice because I, myself, am an entrepreneur. I don't want to be stuck in that grind because I was working in baseball. Uh, spring training is two months before I'd wake up at 6 a.m. and go to sleep at 10 p.m. because I had to make sure they had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks in between. Then during the season, you only get two days off a month if you're lucky. And it's just a grind. And I have nothing against the grind. But I knew I had a bigger passion, a bigger mission, something better to help others. So I got everything I learned from working with these high-performing athletes, and I bring it to entrepreneurs, small business owners, C-suites, executives, people that need to perform better because so many of us train like athletes where we get up in the morning, we do our one-hour workouts, we're sweaty, we feel great, we slam back that protein shake, but then we drink coffee the rest of the day. Then around that 2 o'clock time, we might eat something because we heard fasting may be good for us, but we're not really sure. We go get that salad with chicken, but probably stay away from the croutons because we heard carbs make us fat. And then we go to check out and we see there's a cookie or a brownie or some sweets. And we're like, ooh, that actually does sound good. So we get that anyways, even though we were told to stay away from carbs. We drink another <laughs> coffee. We get home. We're just grumpy and ha hangry, but we don't notice it. But our spouse does and our kids notice it. And we're trying to spend time with them. And Michael, we just don't notice it. Then we eat dinner. Then after dinner, we go back and eat our kids' snacks. Or we just eat uh, one scoop of ice cream that turns into a whole half pint. And then we eat a handful of nuts and a whole handful of nuts. And we get to bed and we're just exhausted. And we wash for us for pizza every day. And we don't understand why we aren't getting the results we want. And this is just what I went through. And so many of the people I've worked with went through when I was starting my business. But it wasn't until I took a step back and said, Tony, what did you learn working with those athletes? It's the nutrition foundation that I teach to so many of these entrepreneurs and small business owners that get them to eliminate that brain fog. And we create that community that I work with because we want people to feel like they're not so isolated on this journey because especially with nutrition, we hear so much information that we get overloaded just like in business. But how do we make it fit 
what we want and how do we make ourselves to be the best role models, not only in our business, but in how we fuel our families. So that's how I ended up here, Michael. And I'm very sorry it was a very long-winded story, but I wanted to make sure I got through it. <laughs> no worries. No, I appreciate that. And so many cool things that we've got to talk about now uh, that that you brought up along the way. And and you said a few things that really stood out to me that's uh, that I think is a big deal. You've I've heard so many different ways of, you know, on one end, it's losing weight. On another end, it's... Uh, being healthy on another end it's being fit and athletic um and and each person i think has a sort of a different outlook on what they're they're going for uh for me uh about a year and a half ago i got really really sick it was right towards the back end of covid time went to the doctor they said it wasn't covid but they're like we don't know what it is and i was like Okay, because I've been out for like a month and you're telling me it's not COVID and you're saying that you have no clue. And I'm thinking, great, I'm the one human on the planet that medicine has no clue about. That's awesome. Really cool. So after that, you know, it, it was uh, it was impacting enough that I went, okay, never again. That's not happening again. I am a former professional athlete. I get this. I know what to do. And so I just headed back into it. And and so you research and you look at a lot of different things. You know, people are telling you about supplements. Some people are just saying, well, you just need a calorie deficit. That's it. You know, and then some people are like, well, you just, you have to eat all vegetables. And then people are like, you just all meat. It's don't eat carbs. Don't, I mean, I feel like the number of things that I've tried, the number of things that I've heard about, uh, no wonder everybody's confused and no wonder it's a trillion dollar industry. It's because everybody in the industry feeds itself by confusing the heck out of everybody else. Yeah. So uh, what I want to dig into with you since I've got you here is we just got to knock down some of these dominoes. You said, oh, supplements, eh, they're kind of like, eh, eh, whatever you were expecting to find one, you didn't. So talk to me about why, why not a supplement? Because I mean, there's 500 gurus on the internet going, lose weight, take my supplement, you know, and, and uh, it's a monthly subscription and buy five bottles right now, even though you won't consume those for like six years. Um, but like, tell me about why supplements we'll keep going through. And we're going to talk about all of these different ideas so that you can get us there. I love that. So one thing mentioned early on, right? I said that a fat burner burns as many calories as zero to up as, as much as a Hershey's kiss. So they're doing absolutely nothing. Then these okay. greens powders that we keep touting and hearing about, by touting, I do not tout greens powders. I will be the first one to say no. Why? Because they're actually full of heavy metals, and that could actually affect our liver in the long term. Okay. Also, a lot of these greens powders, you just need to eat your fruits and vegetables. Sometimes we just need to grow up. Uh, and <laughs> we, unfortunately, we just got to grow up. Uh, sorry right. to be the person to say that. And I've worked with many athletes that don't like fruits and vegetables. And would I start them on a green powder? Yes, but you want to get away from that because that's like taking a whole – forest of vegetables and putting them into a scoop. What do you think's right. in there? Right. And another popular supplement I just like to mention is called BCAAs, which stands for branched chain amino acids that we hear a lot of people take. Michael, it is typically made from bird feathers. I don't know what? about you. <laughs> bird feathers. Yes. So I, it blows my mind that we consume these things, not knowing where they come from. 
So when it comes to supplements, I always want to make sure that it's third-party certified. Uh, there's two, two companies out there. I'm not getting paid by them, neither you, but one is called NSF for Sport, and the other one's called Informed Choice. These two companies, what they do is, I, let's say if I, Tony, started a supplement company today and I wanted Tony's X powder, I would send it to them. They analyze it to make sure there's no banned product in it, and also they make sure that what's in, in the bottle is what's on the label. So banned products, you're a professional athlete. You could get tested for something. However, most of the people out here that are entrepreneurs are taking it and they're not going to get tested. They're not going to pay for someone to test, do a drug test on themselves. But two interesting things. One, uh, we sent two supplements to these companies. One was a sleep supplement and they actually found methamphetamines into it. In it. Uh, yeah. So I don't know about you, but I don't think people want meth before going to sleep and they probably don't want meth at all. Uh, two, uh, in a, another supplement, they actually found cocaine in it. Wow. So, these two uh, third-party certifications I just mentioned make sure that what's in the supplement is actually safe to take. Now, why supplements? Michael, I love donuts. Do you like donuts? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, good. I knew we'd be friends after we got on this call. <laughs> so I absolutely love donuts. So if I had, if, we, if you and I were going to make donuts, let's say I have the flour and I have the eggs, but the eggs are rotten. And I go ahead and I cook the donut and I give it to you and I put a lot of sprinkles on it, but it still tastes like a rotten egg. Would you want to eat it? No. Absolutely not. So that rotten egg is do you have the right ingredients in what you're fueling? So we're talking about do you have the right carbs, proteins, and fats? So that's the basis of our donut or the basis of our diet. Then are you eating them at the right time? So let's say we have the perfect ingredients, but now you have an undercooked donut or a burnt donut, but you still put sprinkles on it. Is it going to taste good? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we're talking about protein timing. We're talking about carbohydrate timing. We're talking about when and where to eat fats. We're talking about hydration. So now we have the basis of this pyramid, not the food pyramid, but a pyramid where we have the right micronutrients and the macronutrients. Then we have the right timing of eating these things. And then eventually the top of that pyramid, that one to 3% is where supplements actually make a difference. One to 3%. So those are the sprinkles on the donut. I don't care how many sprinkles you throw on a donut, if it's undercooked, if it's overcooked, if it has the wrong amount of ingredients, if it has old ingredients that are rotten, it's not going to taste good. And what happens is we typically always focus on the 1% to 3%. We focus on the sprinkles, but we need to focus on the donut. And that is one of the biggest things I see so many entrepreneurs and small business owners do because we hear on a podcast that they take this powder, it helps their gut. It's BS. It is 100% BS because you need to focus on doing the small things right. Just like in business, you could have the best paid ads for whatever it is, but if you don't know who your ideal target is, you're wasting money. You're throwing it out the window. And that's what happens that we're, we're using it to spec to put sprinkles or on paid ads. We don't even know what we want. We don't know what our goals are. We don't even know what we're eating. We're stepping farther and farther away from that. So the reason why supplements don't make a big difference is because it only shows one to 3% difference when our actual goal, whether we're trying to lose body fat, gain muscle, gain weight, lose weight, gut health, all these things that we're trying to work on, you're not even eating the right foods for that. So it's that one to 3% that makes almost no difference unless you are truly at peak performance. And it's not until you get the food or the foundations up will supplements actually matter. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. Focus on the donut. Mm-hmm. We're going to make that a yeah. <laughs> Focus on the donut. I love that. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what you intended, but uh, we'll, well go I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, 
the concept of keto um, or just going all plant-based or, um, you know, just this idea you, you had mentioned in your story earlier about people generally being worried and concerned about carbs. And, uh, I think I've been there. I, I totally have been in that space and I understand I did keto for a while, lost a ton of weight and kept it off and just kept that going. Uh, but also, which I found strange because I'm a, a bit of a tester. I, I, I'm a business person. So of course I was going to try it out. So I was like, well, you know what? I got to a, a weight that I'd like and, and a physique that I wanted back to shape again. Let's start adding in the carbs again. So I did and my weight didn't change. And then I added some more and my weight didn't change. And then I started getting really curious. What the heck is going on? Because I thought it was because I wasn't eating the carbs that I, okay, so what happened? Tell me more about it. Help us out here. Because I, I guess I'm, uh, we're probably all confused. Michael, and I love that because I also did low carb when I was younger. I didn't understand. And let's talk about the ketogenic diet. It absolutely works if you have epilepsies and seizures, because that's why I was created. We found that people who had epilepsies or seizures when they did a ketogenic diet it helped them not have as many so it was created in the purpose of medical nutrition therapy hmm. however most people don't do keto correctly they might test their breath they might test their urine they might test their blood however there's something called gluconeogenesis which Whoa. stands for gluco meaning carb neo meaning new genesis meaning creation so creation of a new carb and what happens is that many people who do keto, they actually do a high-protein diet, which keeps them satiated. And what happens is when you do a high-protein diet, your body actually says, oh, you got protein? I'm going to convert that to a carb. And your body <laughs> will actually take the protein and convert it. You can look this up after listening to this, gluconeogenesis. It's not a term I'm making up. It has been around for a lot longer than I have. So I'm just bringing the science in. So what happens is that our body converts into carbs and we're wasting our time. It's very inefficient. So most people who do a... I say, quote unquote, keto, not saying you, Michael, just a lot of people that do. It's just because they eat a higher protein diet. It keeps them fuller longer. And the reason I'm not a proponent of it is because it's not sustainable. I love carbs. I thought that if I cut out carbs, I would be happy. I thought if I cut out carbs, I'd get the physique I wanted. But at the cost of what? What was I losing? And that didn't outweigh itself for me to, to continue doing it. So you're saying you added carbs back in which is great. I love hearing that. And keto got you to the point where you needed to, but how do you make it sustainable? And that's where many of us fail because then we go back to reintroducing these foods and the weight comes back and we start to feel the anguish. And then we go back to doing keto and we do this yo-yo. And it's been shown in many studies that the more we yo-yo, the worse it is for our heart health in the long term, right? Because again, the story, as you even brought it to, to my attention when I never thought of, which was just being unfit to being fit to being healthy to want to be fit and healthy and being athletic, it's a change of now even longevity. I want to live as long as I can and be as happy as I can with my family, like many of the entrepreneurs that are probably listening in. And I learned that by neglecting carbs, which is our body's essential source of fuel, energy is carbohydrates, it is glucose. That when we neglect it, our body tries to find another way to get energy. And ketogenesis or the ketogenic diet is inefficient for the body. The body doesn't want to use ketones it fuels. It wants to use glucose or carbohydrates as fuels. So typically on a ketogenic diet, people lose weight. But we also remember carbohydrate. 
hydrate water. I'm a big proponent of hydrate or dehydrate. I want to make sure everyone drinks enough water, but carbohydrate, hydrate water. So when we do a low carbohydrate diet, we tend to lose water. And typically people on the ketogenic diet are constantly dehydrated. So we actually have to include more electrolytes in what they're doing so that they can retain water. Because because being on a ketogenic diet, you're actually excreting more fluids. It's almost acting as a diuretic in a sense. So you want to make sure you get enough electrolytes to hold on to water if someone does want to follow the ketogenic diet for a short period of time. And the only other time I've seen the ketogenic diet utilized by another dietitian was in Arizona. It was done on a homeless population. And the reason he did the ketogenic diet, he did it for a month to clean out the gut bacteria and well, clean out the bacteria in the gut because you killed it because you're not providing it with any fiber. You're literally killing all the bacteria. Then after a month, he slowly reintroduced fiber-rich foods. And some of those that were homeless did have mental health issues, and it started to help their mental health. But it was reintroducing fiber and carbohydrate-rich foods. So that's the only other application that I'm aware of that I've seen of that can be used for more of a clinical standpoint. So again, the ketogenic diet can be effective, but it goes back to what foods can you do and be sustainable with in the long term. And many of the people I work with don't grow up in a ketogenic lifestyle. I personally like to say I like to use my culture as an asset and not an obstacle. So my family uh, come from a Hispanic background, so they like a lot of rice and beans, and rice and beans are not ketogenic. I work with clients that have an Italian background. I had one, one I'm just coming off the top of my head. He, an entrepreneur, he traveled a lot to California and New York, but he lived in South Florida. Well, when he went to New York, where he grew up, he would have pizza and pasta. And every time he'd gain weight, it was always a cycle because he'd go back and eat a whole pizza and all the pasta and all those things. It wasn't until we had a conversation where I was like, listen, you need to start eating pasta and pizza every week. And he's like, whoa, 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 that's not going to happen. I'm like, why? He's like, because I'm going to gain weight. I'm like, have you ever tried it? He's like, no. And I was like, so why don't we try it? And we included it every week, Michael. And <laughs> he got the results. He felt better. He didn't have, he literally went up to New York when we were working together. He's like, I didn't. It didn't taste as good as I remember. It was good, but it wasn't as good as I remember. And I was able to eat a normal sized portion versus binging on it. Right? right. So, and he had taken the keto approach. Many people I've worked with have started on the keto approach, but going, it's really trying to understand like the ketogenic diet, most for most is not sustainable. For most, it is changing your lifestyle. And how is that showing for your people you work with and also for your family? Like, how are you actually leading? And then when you reintroduce the carbs, are you doing it correctly? So the ketogenic diet is most likely working because it has a lower calorie and you're also not as hungry. But in the long term, it's not something I'm a proponent of because my own background, the people I work with love carbs. They love donuts. <laughs> Focus no on the donut. Focus on the donut. Yeah. I love it. Well, what about on the reverse side and, and all this chat about just eating vegetables, no protein, no meat, um, maybe not even carbs, but but just the, the vegetable side of things. What are your thoughts about that? I think if we could eat more vegetables, we'd be a healthier nation. However, I myself am not vegetarian. I'm not vegan. I work with people where they're at. If that's something they want to do and they find that that would be helpful for them, more than happy to help them on that. However, I have a flexitarian approach, meaning I do eat meat. I, I love eating meat and I love eating vegetables. And it's been shown that animal protein makes it easier to put on muscle. And I state that with the science that backs it because of the amino acids or the building blocks that make 
protein, the animal proteins, make it easier to turn on a muscle building switch we have in our body. So am I a proponent of a vegetarian or vegan diet? I'm not. A, I'm not. I want to eat foods that I like and I enjoy, which means that is what I want the people I work with to follow as well. So both sides, I think, are just too extreme. And I right. tried to go vegan at one point. It just wasn't – I wasn't enjoying it. Right. It just wasn't enjoyable. So to go to the other side, it's will you enjoy it? That's where I yeah. think we really need to figure it out because that's what's going to make it sustainable and enjoyable and you able to do it. I love that. You know, in so many instances, people ask us about choreography like I asked you at the beginning and they're like, what is it? That's why we started to ask people, well, what's your definition of choreography? And and in many instances, they're, they're absolutely 100% right. And I think a lot of it has to do with what you just uh, – what you just said, which is it's got to be something sustainable. It's got to fit in with you and your assets and your downfalls as a dance choreographer from my past life. You would never put a piece of choreography on somebody that, that, you know, like you would put a pro piece of choreography on a beginner that would never make any sense. And, and if they couldn't do the splits, you wouldn't put the splits in their choreography. That would just be ludicrous. And we all know that. But yet people do this in, I think, from what you're describing, they do this in their nutrition. And they also do it in their business. And they're putting crap into their business or their body that doesn't fit in with their overall uh, choreography, so to speak. And and I love that. And I love the approach that, that you're taking. And I love the um, mentality behind it, because I feel like what you're saying, and I think this is hard to get across to people, but what you're saying is, hey, if you work with me, we're going to figure out what's best for you. And I, I mean, I think that's that's like uh, we're two peas in a pod. I'm doing it with choreography and people's businesses. And I'm going, well, if you work with me, we're going to figure out what's best for you. I'm not going to give you one of these guru uh, elf on the shelf. You got to do a challenge funnel uh, because everybody's doing a challenge funnel. Well, you know what? I'm not saying it doesn't work. I have a client that's doing one right now and it's working beautifully, but it isn't the right thing for everybody. And I think, you know, from what I hear you talk about today, you know, yes, a supplement can work if it's right for you and we find the right one. And it's the, it's the appropriate thing for your assets and your strengths. Maybe keto works to get you to the place where you're going to need to be, but is it sustainable? We got to get you in a place where it's sustainable. Maybe it's vegetarian. Cool. Is that what you like? You know, my, my wife was a vegetarian most of her life, then started eating meat and everybody was freaked out. And it was like, well, that that's kind of just what she needed at the time. And now she kind of just does what she needs to. She doesn't love meat, but she feels like she needs to have it sometimes. And so imagine that she's listening to her body and actually giving it what it asks for, which I think, and I'm just curious from your expertise, like I think as a society, we've kind of moved so far away from that, but our bodies actually do tell us what they need. If we've actually conditioned ourselves to listen and to put it in a place where we can listen and go, Oh, okay. I'm craving this. I guess I ought to have that right now because I'm clearly missing some sort of, a nutrient, but I don't know. What are your thoughts about that idea? I'd love to share a couple of things with you. One, I love that analogy you just made, Michael, about the business choreography and the actual dancing, because it's absolutely true. Uh, and even from like an athletic side, you wouldn't put a quarterback to be a wide receiver. Right. You wouldn't put a pitcher to be a hitter. 
Uh, in right. some in some instances, you can. <laughs> but in all honesty, right in dance routines, you're not going to make someone who doesn't like salsa dance salsa, right? Someone who's more ballroom, right? They could do it. I'm not saying they can't, but it's right. not what they enjoy. And the same thing, like right. you said, in business, like, oh, here's, as you said, the challenge funnel or here you have to do this, but that doesn't really fit your personality, but you got to do it. It's the only way to be successful. It's like, well, then you're not really listening to me. You're just giving me a cookie cutter plan that worked for you. Right. And then in regards to the food and where we're at, there's two big topics, processed foods and then the new semi-glutides or Ozempic. Both of these, I think, are going to be very important to just go over quickly. One, processed foods. Most people think because I'm a dietitian, I'm going to tell them to stay away from processed foods. <laughs> I will say I would love for people to eat more natural whole foods, but eat the processed foods. Because if you are scared of Oreos and every time you order, you eat Oreos, you bring them to your house, you eat a whole sleeve or the whole box, then you have an unhealthy relationship with food. And that needs to be part of our journey. We need you to be able to keep Oreos in your house so that you can eat an Oreo. But the processed foods are going to be high in fat, high in salt, and high in sugar. So the more we eat it, the less our hunger cues notice that we've eaten it because they find a way to make it that way. And that's just how the system works, right? So we, we ignore our food's hunger systems that way. And that's why when we eat more natural foods, it takes up more volume in our stomach. And also it gives us that click like, oh, I'm actually full. I don't need to eat more. And that's what happens sometimes when we go for these foods. could be chips, right? You sit in well, – the popular one is once you pop, you can't stop. It's because that salt and fat combination they have tells our body to keep going, to keep going, the pleasure and reward systems. So that's one thing our processed food has led us away from, right? But I, I know because I've seen and I've worked with people where we get them to understand it is okay to eat chips. Just how else are you balancing your plate? What else are you eating it with? Can you just put it in a, in a bowl and walk away instead of bringing the bag with you? Those are some just two easy tips, right? Then Ozempic, which is a very big or Wagovi, um, Sasenda, all these new names that are all just semi-glutides. They've been shown to reduce hunger, which is absolutely right. But what happens when you get off of it, Michael? You've reduced your hunger, but now you get off of it, and now your hunger's back to where it was originally. So now you've taken a, a, an injection to have you stop listening to your hunger cues, and then when that injection runs out, you're going to gain the weight again. And it's meant for type 2 diabetics, which I'm in 100% agreement with. There is a medical reason for them. But people that are doing it strictly for the weight loss and just ignoring their own hunger cues, they're going to end up looking for that magic bullet again. Right. Right. It's uh, such an interesting thing. And, and so many different cultures, so many different backgrounds. You've addressed so many of those things today. And... Uh, and it still rings true and is holding strong in my mind. Focus on the donut. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was serious, drinking water. I almost spit it out on the computer. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, it, it's it's you know it's there's the truth behind it is just you, you've got to you've got to do you, and you suck at doing you if you are in that space. But if you're looking at at longevity and living well which i mean most entrepreneurs and business business owners that i know are because if you know your thing is impacting the world and you know your thing needs to be served to the people that you're serving then you should also know that you need to be healthy enough to do that and that's not just in the health of your business it's the health of you being able to show up every day you know and and there's there's so much needed of you 
from the people you're serving. And so you've got to put yourself in the best way or best position to succeed at that. Uh, Tony, tell us how we can all get in touch with you and in contact with you, because I'm sure you've sparked the interest and desire to get healthy and to, to take that next step. And I know a lot of people out there are probably thinking, gosh, we, we got to, we got to do something. And I like the way he's talking. So how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you and, uh, and take this another step forward? Michael, thank you. I just want to say thank you for having me on, but they can go to nutritionfp.com, which stands for performance backslash biz choreo. So B I Z C H O R E O. Uh, and there, there will be three things for them. The first thing they will find is a wellness ass assessment for entrepreneurs. So that will give them 10 questions to see how they can rank their health. The second thing they can do is a habit tracker. It is a video of me explaining a habit tracker I've used with my clients, and you can change your habits in 30 days. Uh, and then the third thing is they can schedule a call with me. If they felt like this was the right fit, we will do a diet audit to see where they're at, where they're trying to go, and what it would look like. So there's three things they can do at nutritionfp.com, furperformance.com. That's what FP stands for, backslash biz, choreo, B-I-Z-C-H-O-R-E-O. And just as a reminder, I've been in their shoes. I've been right there with them. I felt isolated. I didn't know what to do. I looked for help. And that's really what changed. It wasn't just getting my degree. It was being an entrepreneur and seeing like, okay, where are my struggles? How can I do better at this? right? I hired a business coach. And when it comes to, to nutrition, so many of us, and same with business, we feel like we know what we're doing. But it's not until you have that outsider perspective that you really change things and where you're going. So I just want to say I've been there. I've done all the fads. I did all the supplements. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted them to work so bad, but they didn't. And they left me failed until now I've been happy and a role model for my family where if my daughter wants to have ice cream at night. I'm not worried about how many steps I need to take the next day or if I have to burn it off the next day. I just eat it and move on with my day, and I'm happy with the way right. I am. I love that. Well, I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your wisdom and your expertise. Uh, I'm sure it's been enlightening for our audience. It certainly has been for me. And uh, until next time, guys, keep working on your choreography, not just for your business, for your health for how you interact with your business. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.